Welcome to Rawshire, where anime lords come to life. This is Karina Carlson, and I'm reading through the Stormlight Archive series for the first time. I've read about four chapters of the book so far, and I really liked it, and I really wanted to just kind of talk about it with friends. This is Bob Walzer. Um, I've read the series about five or six times at this point. I've honestly lost track. I have a tendency to reread the series whenever a new book comes out possibly before and after, depending on how I feel at the moment. So um, I'm I'm very experienced in the world of Roshar. So is it Roshar or Roshar? It's Roshar. Oh, dang it. I've been saying it wrong this whole time. Hey, that's, that's fine. It's, okay. It's, Thanks for correcting Yeah, it's episode one. You're fine. <laughs> this episode, we're just going to be going through the prelude and prologue. We're not even delving into chapters yet, yeah. but I think on their own, they're kind of like chapters oh, themselves. Oh, they're, they're amazing. Yeah. Like, it was the, the prologue that really got me hooked. Yeah, I'm like, what's going on? I need to know more. <laughs> um, So basically, we open the book, and then there's like this beautiful map of the continent of Roshar. And it's, I don't know, I think I've seen in other books, like the bigger ones, they're mm-hmm. like even more detailed, like oh, yeah. colored the, and stuff. The detail that goes into the world building in the map of Roshar is amazing. It's a giant, it's a one continent world, which is fairly unique from from my experience. I mean, Middle Earth, I guess, is one continent, but Mm -hmm. you know that there are other things beyond Middle Earth, whereas this is just a one thing in its entirety. And it's just a beautifully generated map. Yeah, so I just started reading it, and what I first... This Grasp. is the Way of Kings. Yeah, the Way of Kings, yes. Book one of the Stormlight Archive. Yes, Way of Kings, book one of the Stormlight Archive. Basically, what I saw from the very beginning is that the writing is just insanely detailed. Like, from sentence one, um, Sanderson's, like, describing this beast called, like, a thunderclass that's made of stone. And it's, like, got these granite shoulders and, like, an arrowhead face. And I could, like, visually picture that um creature in my mind it was like and i how like how do you come up with this stuff it's insane yeah like it, thunderclasts are terrifying like the first time i read it it didn't even really occur to me that that was like a creature of some kind i thought it was just like a just almost like a stone structure i was like oh no that's not like that's not like a siege weapon that's a literal dead body of something made of stone the character whose point of view you're kind of like eyes you're kind of looking through is this character named Kalak. 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 Okay. Kalak. There's so gonna... a lot of hard K's <laughs> yes. in series, and I, I've also listened to the audiobooks. That's where all of my enunciation guides okay. come from. So yeah, hopefully they're right. We'll see. I, I, would yeah. hope. <laughs> I hope so. Kalak um, is like describing this like wasteland of a, like a battlefield where like pretty much everyone is like dead or dying. Um, and he is looking at this thunderclass and he's like, yeah, you know, I was killed by a thunderclass before and it wasn't very pleasant. And, you know, dying never is. And I was like, wait, what? This guy has, like, died before, been killed by one of these things. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just was very, um, it's like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just casually mentions, like, <laughs> he's died before has come back and i'm like okay well. yeah that's that's something i really appreciate about brian sanderson's writing is that he doesn't ease you in unless a character is being eased in as well mm. 
Um, so in, in the case of Clack here, Clack isn't explaining how it is that he's died before. It's just an internal monologue of, oh yeah, I died once, it was unpleasant. Um, and you, the, you as the reader is just left with that and you're left to wonder and you're, you're wondering about how is it that you've been alive before and died throughout the whole of this. And it's, it's really, really interesting way to start a story off. Yeah. Um, and then he kind of mentions these surge binder people and they kind of talk, mention binders binding more in like the prologue. So we can go into that more, but like maybe like these things just kind of are like, I don't know, blowing, like blowing apart land, like surging, like big surges. I don't know. I tried, since I read some more of the chapters ahead, I kind of, kind of got a little bit more out of it, um, rereading it again. Um, but yeah, so just a weird little fact. Um, Mm -hmm. seems like there's a lot of stone and rocky areas and like thunderclass can come out of the rock, like rock creatures. Um, so I don't know. That was really, you'll find there's a lot of rock in Roshar. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of the, I don't want to call it a theme because it's really not a theme but it's a, a key part of the setting here is that there's a lot of rock and roshar is a very different world than the one we we live on here mm. and as a part of that kind of what you're talking about with surges is some of the some of the words in roshar don't quite translate to our you know english if you will mm-hmm. um so some things like surges might have a slightly different definition in roshar mm. than they do in our world that makes sense, because, yeah, it's like, you know, he created this world, but it almost seems like, well, because it's called an archive, so archive, you think of, like, recordings or written mm-hmm. things of, like, uh, someone who's lived through these things, mm-hmm. and you're discovering them for the first time. It's kind of like he was there, like, Brandon Sanderson was there, and it's, like, collecting information or something like that. I don't know. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um so it go, kind of goes on, and Kalak is kind of describing, um, like, a battle that's gone terribly wrong. And he's, like, saying, like, oh, not all these bodies are human. Like, there's, like, red blood and orange blood and violet blood. And I was like, okay, who has purple blood? That's pretty cool. <laughs> I want that. Um, and there's, like, these people called Dustbringers. I don't know who they are. It's just, like, bleh. Um... Then he says something about, like, surviving this time. So I was like, is this, like, a time loop situation kind of thing? I know you don't know everything because you mentioned to me before, like, you kind of start getting little bits and pieces out of Oh, yeah, you get get bits and pieces. It's... Yeah. Time loop's not a bad idea. I kind of got more of that when he was talking about, like, so he met up with another person who he says like after all these centuries he still looks young so i'm like okay so like and you kind of i kind of got a little bit more from the prologue even but he sees another person jez jezrian yes jezrian yeah right cool sweet (laughs) (laughs) um yeah he's like sees him and they like always meet up at this same spot there's like 10 of them and i'm like who is them I don't know. And, yeah, so he sees, like, these seven blades on the ground. Blades is capitalized, so I'm like, okay, so they're 
proper noun, mm-hmm. like importance. He's talking to him and he's like everyone else has is wanting to stop. Everyone just wants to like stop going back and doing this again and he mentioned something about desolation which which is what we talked about in like the trailer like there's this last desolation or something like that you don't really know what that is you don't know what it is. i don't know i don't know what it is i know what it he is. knows what it's, it is it's fascinating <laughs> um collect kind of talks about like these blades are more powerful than shard blades which we kind of learned more about in the prologue even and a blade will vanish if the master dies so like Apparently only one person died because there were only, like, nine swords total that he could see. He says when they departed, they go, when they die, they go between um, desolations, which I don't know what that means. I guess there's more than one desolation. It's very complicated, and I don't understand a lot of it, but it's just very fascinating. Apparently they get tortured when they go back, like, they have hooks and fires, and I'm like... Why do they get tortured? You know, that sounds awful. That's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of my questions can't be answered. It's fine. Um, yeah. You, it's have like, a, you have no spoiler policy here, yeah, so I can't. Yeah. We could talk about it more later. I for you. Not yet. <laughs> um, and then there's like this, he mentions like there's a cycle of desolations. And um, yeah, so everyone in this group is like, they want to end this oath pact thing. So they're not wanting to continue this cycle, I guess. Um, but they left someone behind. I think his name was Talon. Talm. 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 Dang it. Um, yeah, and that's the short name. Just wait till you get to the proper names. Yikes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he also mentioned something about their the people, the humans, or just people. He calls them primitive people. And apparently they view Kalak and Jezrian and Talm as, like, deities, which we kind of go into more. Even in the prologue, which I was mm-hmm. like, that's cool. Yeah, so there's a lot of questions. Basically, they're leaving behind this Talm guy. And they're going to, like, tell the people that they won this battle, even though it doesn't seem like they did. And it's... Well, they're still alive. They're... They're just, like, dying in a battlefield. Like, what? <laughs> there are lots of people dying in the battlefield. It doesn't mean the battle has been lost. And we don't really know what they've been fighting either, because it seems like there's, like, these Thunderclasts, which are seeming like they're evil, but I don't really know what they're, like, what are the sides? Like, what are they fighting about? Yeah. Like, it's it's very I mean, these, you know, all-powerful, you know, deities could be the evil ones for all we know like, yeah yeah and maybe they brought the desolation Ooh, are there any other thoughts that you're that i like missed as we were going over this prologue like i think you got everything for, for, for the most part you you sound like you got through everything that's really important to to hold on to the big thing i'd recommend is hold on to the names and remember the things that that you don't know this okay. is the, the very beginning of the introduction to the co- the core concepts here, which are the radiance, right? The blades, different levels of blades. Um, the oath pact is a big it's a big thing, mm. but it won't seem like a big thing until later. 
Um, so there's, yeah, there's, there's layers. Remember things. Also the names of the, the people. You okay. will see the names of the people pop up again. Okay. But in a different form. Yeah, I think we you see that to, even in the prologue. Them. Yeah. Because yeah. I think he, yeah, he says something about, like, have the have the radiance. Um, they have the radiance. They have the radiance or something like that. And I was just like, so they're people. And I don't really know. It's like, I mean, on the back of the book, it's like they're a radiant knights. And we don't really know much about them right now. And, yeah, I don't. It's like a whole system that I don't know. Nope. So it's very fascinating. So yeah, and then it jumps forward 4,500 years for yep. the prologue. It and just, I was it like... Just goes. <laughs> Okay, uh, no wonder these people that they were talking about were primitive, because that's a long time to jump forward. Um, and then they just, he's like, oh yeah, here's this map of Alethkar? Close, Alethkar. Alethkar? Yes. And that's where it is. And then it nope. just, yeah, I'm like, okay, that was a lot to process, and I'll jump, jump into more. the... Much more detailed map of the the country of Alethkar and the continent of Roshar. Mm -hmm. It's on like the on the it's eastern kind of like the, side. Like the eastern, yeah, the eastern side's a good good way to put it. It, it touches the north and south, um, but it's it's on the eastern side. Yeah, it's pretty much a landlocked state, but there's a couple of seaports. Okay, so the prologue chapter title is called to kill yep. and then it just starts off with this like collection like a collection from a subject um so i'll just read it's it because i thought it was really cool epigraph <laughs> an epigraph it's a literary term it is not a part of the chapter itself it is a it's almost like a a prologue or a, a, a preamble to a chapter yeah the epigraphs which, which are common throughout the whole book You'll, you'll be seeing one of these per chapter. Yes, and it doesn't really make sense to me right now. Yep. But I'm guessing it will make sense later. Who knows? Um, so I'm just going to read it because I thought it was really cool. Um, it says, The love of men is a frigid thing, a mountain stream only three steps from the ice. We are his. Oh, Stormfather, we are his. But it is a thousand days, and the ever storm comes. Collected on the first day of the week, Pala, yep. of the month, of the month Shash, in the year yep. eleven seventy one, thirty one seconds before death. Subject was a dark eyed woman of middle years. The child did not survive, and I think it says I she, believe was it she was a pregnant dark eyed woman. Yeah, of middle years. Yes. Um, and I was like, okay, so I guess they have timers because they have 31 seconds before death, but whatever, yep. that's... <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, you can count. One, two. <laughs> like, who's, who's taking this, like, collection? Yeah. Like, you know, wh why, why did she die? Like, I don't know. It's very interesting. Um, so it just starts describing this guy. Oh boy, it's going to be tough for me. Yep, yep, it's um, a complicated name. With the name... Z Seth? Zeth? Zeth. Zeth? Take for for his name specifically, take away the S on the front. Okay. That's basically how you're doing. Yeah, same spelled S Z E T H. Yeah. So Zeth 
Sun's son, Volano, Valano? Volano. Volano, Truthless of Shinovar. Shinovar. Okay. Yeah. Truthless of Shinovar. So, I guess he's the grandson of Volano. Yep. I don't know who. Yeah. But it's like, okay. You got that one right. (laughs) Okay. So, I don't know who Volano is. Whatever. He's got, they've got some crazy names. What I kind of got from Zeth is he's a sassy (laughs) man. And he thinks he's better than everyone else, but he also can't, like, I don't know. He can't do anything about it. He's just like, ugh, this thing. He's like, oh, man, it's just so, it's, like, heretical, like, for them to be doing this thing, making me do this thing. Yes. He's kind of, like, high and mighty. Kind of. I I got, the idea that you can consider for Zeth is that he was once high and mighty right because he even talks about you know these you know these men you know they're walking on the you know the the stone the hallowed stone but like he acknowledges that he's doing it too but it's truthless he is considered truthless so it doesn't matter what he does he only does what his master tells him to do yeah so consider seth as once high and mighty yeah He's like, now he just has to do whatever he's told. Like, he's, like, saying he's wearing white, which is, like, something that he's he doesn't do. But he says he's doing it because of Pershen, of a Parshendi tradition. Yeah, um, Parshendi. Which is, like, a, we find out later it's, like, a people group. Um, and we'll figure out more specifically what that people group is. Um, I just don't want to get too much into it because I don't People who haven't read ahead, I don't want to like. Oh, the Parshendi are a very complicated, yeah, mess of people. So yeah, he's like, yeah, I was sent to assassinate this king, and there's a, a party happening, so he like snuck in, and um, so he says the king's brother is there. He doesn't see his the king's daughter and his sons and. The king's son is nope. there. Uh, Dalinar is the brother or the son? Dalinar is the brother. So yeah, okay. so you get you get introduced to kind of the concept of the royal family here. Mm-hmm. So you have the king, Gavilar, mm-hmm. his brother, Dalinar, the queen. Um, I don't think we oh, heard her. Okay, well, I she's, didn't see her she's there. She's somewhere around. Yeah. And then the king and queen have two daughters. Oh, Okay. Not two daughters. A daughter two and children. Yeah. Daughter and a son. Um, the daughter is aloof, not there, but the, the king's son is making a presence at this party. Yes. It's a treaty signing convention. Yeah. And his son's name is Elhokar? Elokar. Elokar. Um, and he's like hanging out with his buddies, kind of just yep. eating, drinking, being merry. Um, he mentioned the white clothes, like, three times. Yep. Like, being super upset about the white clothes, like, three times. I, can't, I was like, okay, Seth. Like, Zeth, you're, you're kind of... He, he knows that he's an assassin, and it doesn't make sense to him for an assassin to wear white clothing. Right. Like, the... But... Per, yeah. Person, you're like, you have to do it, because that's what we said. <laughs> and it's kind of, and you can kind of tie it back to an old, like, even the root word assassin in the English language... Um, this is a bit of a tangent, but mm. it comes from, you know, the root word of a, you know, a group of people who tried to control, you know, Middle Eastern politics and, you know, the mm. time of the Crusades by, you know, killing people who are in high positions, but they didn't do it from the shadows. They did it in, in high spectacular fashion of, hey, look, 
I'm, I'm doing this spectacularly. You can't stop us yeah. from, from killing, even though we're wearing bright clothing. And, like, it's kind of pointed out here that the idea is that if you're going to kill a man, he has the right to see you coming. Right. That's what they talk about later. He's like, oh, well, I guess they're like, you have to, he has a, yeah, he has the right to see you coming, which I was like, okay, I guess that's kind of fair. I don't know. I have a suspicion that Zeth is not human because he talks about, like, Zeth is, Zeth's kind or something, doesn't do these kinds of Z- things. Zeth or... is human. Okay. That's, yeah. That's pretty, That's okay. a, a pretty, pretty easy thing to to say. That's not really a spoiler. It's never, never in the book do you see the sentence, Zeth was human or Zeth was not human. Mm. Um, but what, what he is is he's a... He's an, of an ethnicity that is easy that stands out okay. amongst the Alethi people. Okay, and the Alethi people are the the country's people yes. that they're in. Yeah, uh, the Alethi live in Alethkar. Alethkar, and I so so they're making there's like this treaty happening between the Parshendi and the Alethi, right? So that's yep. what's happening. Um, and yeah, his masters are the Parshendi, and they have black and red marbled skin. And I was like trying to imagine how that would like be like is it like cracks in the skin of like red and black of like i don't there know there is n- it they do not have any human skin tone like any right. normal skin tone and like how does that look on your skin like like yeah, marbled just yeah marbled and rolled together black oh, and white that's cool or black red. and red yeah yeah black and red um and he mentioned something also that the that these parshendi were parchment who could think um, yep. so I guess they're, like, not as intelligent or, like, I think we I see that later chapters, too. Like, they, there's some mention of Parchman where they're kind of, like, mm-hmm. yeah, lesser than. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, oh, they're, like, cousins to Parchman who are, like, docile servant people. Yep, docile servant slave people to the, to the Alethi. Which is, like, a whole people group. Mm-hmm. A whole people is, group. Which is unthinking <laughs> that just does what they're told. That's horrible. And I no one don't like that. Like, I mean, that's happened in like our history and culture too. But like, I, I don't know. I just you're you're not supposed to like it. I yeah, that's that's really good. That's <laughs> <laughs> really good thing. Uh, and then apparently Alethi have light eyes and dark eyes are just common people. Like Alethi, I guess, like royal Alethi or something. Yeah, or higher up Alethi. So you'll you'll find in 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 Alethi culture, like they delineate nobility and commonality based on the color of your eyes. Mm-hmm. There are reasons for this, which you will learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, if you are of noble if you are a noble, you have lighter colored eyes, which can range from green to blue to orange, apparently. Cool. There are orange eyes in this world. Um, and then the dark eyes are, you know, the common folk. Those are brown eyes, darker eyes, even like some of the darker greens you can kind of, oh. are like borderline. It's really um, and it really sets up kind of an interesting dichotomy because the way we know genetics works is... You know, two people with brown eyes, you can have a child that has light eyes. Right. So it's um, like, so do it, they automatically it can lead, become... It can lead to some pretty uh, interesting family dynamics, as you will as you will kind of see later. Uh, okay. Uh, the, the potentiality for later. 
and to where in the society children can technically outrank their parents or one of their parents if there's a light eyes and a dark eyes who who got married and had children so like they didn't even have to do anything it's just like the fact nope. that their eyes are the light the fact that their eyes are light huh because them sound like court like they can be in a i don't know if they have courts here or whatever but oh, like yeah, that's a, some that's a position fantasy medieval-esque kingdom yeah so they're, I get... they're they're nobles they're courts although they don't use the word noble right you'll find just... that as well they use the term bright eyes right or, yeah or like brightness eyes. or yeah. yeah yep highness yeah it's very it's very cool um and then you like and uh, then just like a slight mention of these music spread like they're like which you, we talk, there's more, like, spread throughout the book, but they're, like, described as, like, translucent ribbons, and I'm, like, how do you have trans, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, there's, you know, again, you know, probably next episode we'll talk a lot more about the spread. Yes. But. I'm really excited about that. There's just these, <laughs> the way it's described in this book is there's these music spread around the musicians that are just glowing, again, kind of more. I don't know, almost anime vibes, similar to the swords of just like, yeah. you're playing such good music that the air around you begins to glow because your music is so good. Yeah. That's basically what this is. Huh. Yeah, because I kind of think of, there's like the, a D&D kind of like, I don't know, monster thing where they're kind of like, they're like little, I don't know, like glowing ball thing. What are those called? Like oh, oh the will o' wisps. Will o' wisps. I kind of think of like will like spread as like will o' wisps a little bit, like glowing like little orbs. But I'm yep. like they're described as like different things and yeah, yeah. different spread look differently. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm kind of like okay, those are sound cute or something or terrifying. I think they're I don't know. Sometimes they can be terrifying. Um, <laughs> so and then yeah, so basically. Zeth is kind of just walking around, observing a lot of stuff. Um, he's trying to walk through the castle, trying to find this king. Um, he happens across some Stormlight, which I was like, that's the title of the, that's the series. That's the title of the series. I was like, okay, so that's important. Um, and he says Cersei's, like, describes them as, like, kind of like lamps, where there's, mm-hmm. like, this sapphire giving off this light. And... He calls it profane because they're using it for lighting. Yep. Um, and <laughs> I'm like, okay, buddy. <laughs> like, Again, high, you know, once once upon a time, Zeth was high and mighty, but here he is being forced to use it for light as well. Right. He's like, all right, fine. Um, he mentions something about, I think he here overhears some, like, Alethi scholars, like, making, that they're making more shard blades, and I'm like, okay, so they mentioned that beforehand, and that they would be able to take over the continent, which I was like, so there's some, like, war thing that's, like, planning mm-hmm. on happening, which we're... Well, war is a constant in this society. Right, which we, yeah, which we already kind of discussed in our trailer, like, even in the the back of the book is, like... Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. this is something that's happening. Um, these are things that I saw as we went on. Um, he was mentioning that women had, like, a longer left sleeve of their dress to cover their left hand, like, a modesty yep. thing. So I'm like, ew, the left hand is yep. so... the left hand, so scandalous. <laughs> scandalous. Like, ankles, fine. Right hand, fine. Left hand? Ooh, girl, put that away. Like, keep that, keep that under wraps. We don't want that. Um... Let's see. 
Yeah. He, I kind of mentioned a lot in my notes, like, where, like, he said the word profane, like, he likes mm-hmm. to, <laughs> like... He, he does like that. Yeah, he likes that word, like, women had, like, st- gems with stormlight in their hair. He's like, it's profane, but it's also very pretty. Like, I yeah. think it's pretty. And I'm like, okay, dude, like, get your priorities straight. Um, <laughs> So he sneaks off to this like beggar's feast where there's all these poor people eating and he goes past these like statues who he describes are the 10 heralds of the Voran theology and i was like hmm wait a second let's let's uh you're, you're go here the, yeah the numerology here right because like <laughs> in the in the preface there was like you're like okay there's 10 people and they're seen as a deity, so I was like, are these the quote-unquote deities, like, that were talked about? And three of them we recognized, um, there was, that, that are slightly different, but they're kind of similar. I mean, it's, it's four and a half thousand years later, there's going to be some linguistical drift. Right, that makes um, sense. And, you know, theoretically those, uh, the, you know, the people we saw talking in the the prelude they might not even be speaking the same language so while names might sound more similar like the things things change things shift again four and a half millennia of time i didn't even think about like language changing over time yeah that makes sense because i was like okay they're just slightly different i don't know um like three i kind of recognize like there's jezrezae I, I don't even know how to pronounce Jezreza. these because they, ne- they never use these actual names in the books. It's like Jezereza. Jezereza. And uh, I kind of thought of that as like Jezrin because that sounds very similar. Yeah. And there's Ishi. Yep. And Kalak, which is kind of like Kalak. Kal- wait. Kalak. Kalak. Yeah. It's, it's spelled with E's instead of A's. And then there's Talinat. Talinalot. Talinalot. Like Talm. <laughs> yep. Um, so so I was like, okay, so those are the three. Talm was left behind. Then he mentioned something about this Salash's statue. Shalash. Shalash's statue being removed. And I was like, I don't even know who that is. Why would they be removed? Yep. Who knows? The best way I can describe on how to, on, on tips for pronouncing the, the, the herald names in, in Voran theology, pronounce them as symmetrically as possible. Okay. So I don't know if you noticed... But all of the names are fairly symmetrical in sounds and letters. Oh my gosh, they are. Oh no! <laughs> oh, they're just palindromes. Yeah. Oh my not gosh. Not quite. Not quite. They're kind of. They're they're palin they they they're palindromes made to be pronounceable. Oh my! Like collect is like a palindrome. It's a perfect palindrome. So is Talinalot, I believe. Talinalot's palindrome. Shalosh is not a palindrome, but like, oh my gosh, that's okay. That's but pretty. Is that's pretty clever. Almost a palindrome. Yes. it is a palindrome enunciatively because right. sh s h is effectively vocally one letter. Right. Dang. Okay. 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 I like that. Nice job, Brandon. I like that English <laughs> major thing coming out. That's awesome. I love it. Um, that's awesome. <laughs> um, so and then he. He kind of continues on. He's like, uh, King Gavilar? Is, Gavilar. Gavilar was too devout. Yep. He's the one he has to kill. And I'm like, but you're also, like, 
a, sound like you're like a devout person. Like, I, 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 I like consider the idea that there's more than one religion. Right. I guess yeah, maybe because he, he makes the distinction of saying, "Oh, these are the ten heralds of the Vorin theology." Oh, so maybe there's like different heralds in different theologies, but they're like similar, kind of like Greek and Roman kind of thing. Maybe yeah, could be. Okay. Anyways, you try not to give anything away. Yeah. Um, and we talked about earlier. So he's like walking through this hallway that's like covered in stone, like the ground mm-hmm. is stone. He's like, stone should not be trod upon. It's profane. And <laughs> then he has to walk on it, like you were saying, mm-hmm. um, because he's truthless. Um, and yeah, yeah. There's just a lot of stuff he's kind of just like, ugh, ugh kind of like, yep. this is gross. I don't like this. Um, one line that I was kind of like, interesting. So he's, like, noticing these storm lights, and he's saying these lights feel like a thin broth after a fast. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> Just, like, very faint. Yep. Not going to give you a lot of energy, which we kind of, like, I think that's a good way of describing it, because it talks more about it giving him energy later yeah, on. Yeah, it's, it's more relevant to what he does later with it. Mm-hmm. Um... There's also some flames run, which are, like, insects made of light, which I was, like, a firefly kind of thing? I don't know. Ooh. Um, yeah. This beginning is kind of, like, a lot of It's a lot of terms and descriptions yeah. that aren't... They aren't necessarily meant to be fully understood. Right. As, as, you, as you keep reading the book, you'll have more context for what is a spren, what is Shinovar, who are the heralds... Yeah, I'm just Again, like... Again, this is still the, the prologue now. I know. <laughs> I'm just like, I want to learn more. Why can't I learn more? Um, so now we finally get into, like, kind of the more exciting stuff. He comes across some guards with spears, and because they are dark eyes, they can't they have can't swords. swords. Yep. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and it's a status symbol. I mean, you don't... Yeah. You know, think of, you know, soldiers of antiquity. You didn't give every foot foot soldier a sword. You gave them each a spear. Right, yeah. Only the nobility could have swords in this particular culture. I was just like, okay, cool. Um, So then he, like, breathes in the stormlight. And yep. he has to, like, hold his breath almost because it can leak out. Yep. Because a human well, you... is too porous of a container, <laughs> which I kind of... <laughs> I kind of well, laughed I mean, at because I was like, "What?" Think, think about it. Like the you know, the other containers for the stormlight are solid crystalline gemstones. That's true. And he is literally breathing it in, so yeah. it kind of makes sense that in order to keep it in you, you'd hold your breath. You're like, "Who?" Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and this kind of lends more context to his his you know a thin broth after a long fast. <laughs> if you're used to holding in stormlight all the time, yeah, he's like, "You've bah. gone for a long time." He's, it's almost like describing these lanterns of not having very much stormlight in them right it's a very dim amount of light but when he just said porous container i was like a little, too little many too... orifices like yeah, i was little, just like, you know, too like visceral i was like oh my gosh is that how is it good i don't know i just like oh leaking out of you like oh oh gosh yep. okay okay a little bit okay 
Um, he says, and then he mentions something about like, oh, I wish I was like a void bringer because they can just like yep. hold it in. And I'm like, yep, cool, void bringer, sweet. I don't know if he said he wishes he could hold it in. From what I recall, he said that void bringers. He had heard that void bringers could hold it in. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. He's just like, eh. Because knowing be. knowing Zeth, he does not want to be a void bringer. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. You'll, what a you'll, void you'll find that out. Um. So he calls the stormlight holy energy, which I was like, okay, maybe he's like this is some religious part of him. Um. Then he's like, okay, I'm gonna try to do some lashings, capital L. Yep. Um. And so I can, like, get around these guards and defeat them. So he, like, the first lashing, he says, is he can manipulate. Basically, it's, like, manipulating gravity. Like, he could, like. Manipulating his personal gravity. His personal gravity, right. Like, he could go to the ceiling without everyone else, like, falling. Or he can choose a person and they can go up or yes. something. So, the, again, you'll, you'll learn a little bit more how this works. But the way lashings work is it's a type of the magic where. He changes the directional pull of gravity for himself or the object he touches. So he cannot yeah. fly. He merely falls in whatever direction he chooses. Right. And then the second lashing is like he can lash people to different surfaces. Yep. And he can lash himself to different places. So he kind of uses this yeah, so he to can, like... like glue two objects together. Oh yeah. And again, all this all this magic is using stormlight. Um, right. So that's that's kind of lends more context even to how he considers it holy energy. It's like this stormlight energy allows him to do the magic. Right. Yeah. Because otherwise, yeah. Because he's like, okay, I have to breathe in more, and then, like, he kind of describes how each one takes up different amounts of mm -hmm. energy. So he's like using these lashings. He's like, he moves to the ceiling, I think, and then he like, like moves the guards around, and he's like, well, you haven't gotten to the sword yet. Oh, yeah, we haven't even gotten to the sword yet. Um, yeah, it's crazy. He's like, and then he's like, yeah, killing is a sin, was a sin. One of the greatest sins, even. But he ha he's forbidden to take his own life as, like, a truthless person. Yeah, he is uh, forbidden to take his own life. And he has to do whatever his master tells him, even if it's a sin, like killing people. I was like, this poor guy. I, like, at first I was kind of like, this guy is just so... He's too edgy. Ugh. Like, he's too, like, <laughs> like, I don't know, valley girl, kind of, like, particular person. Yeah, yeah, better than you. But he's like, I, like, don't want to do this thing, and I have to do this thing. And then he makes a shard blade appear out of thin air. Yep. And it can cut through stone and steel easily. Like, inanimate objects, anything he can cut any inanimate object he can cut through. Yep. But it just travels through, like, living skin. Yep. And it kills the skin, and it just, like, shrivels up, like, it turns black, and it, like, shrivels. It doesn't shrivel everything. Right. If it cuts through a limb, the blade will fuzz, will appear to fuzz, mm -hmm. and, like, meld with the skin, and then the whole arm will just go limp and gray. But if he hits, like, a major, like, life source, like, your spine or your neck or, or your maybe head. your, yeah, your head or maybe heart, I don't know. 
um, it will just like sever the soul from the person. Yep. And the person becomes soulless. And I'm like, excuse me, like, like soul eater, like what? <laughs> yep. Yeah, and the eyes burn out. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was like, what? What? I, I don't know if he describes how long this blade is. I think it might be he the other blade that he described. But that. shard blades in general are anywhere between Big. like four and seven feet long, depending on the blade. Yeah. Yeah. Like. So. So you can kind of imagine, like, on the bleach or whatever. Like, there's these, mm-hmm. or even like Kingdom Hearts, they have like these giant swords where it's just like you have to like drag. I'm wondering, like, how heavy is this thing? Like, I don't even know. Like, what is it? made out of i think i can kind of guess but like i don't know it's it's pretty terrifying yeah objectively very terrifying very terrifying i don't want my soul cut out of my body um another anime thing like there's this like we've both seen demon slayer you know the episode where they're in like that haunted house and there's a the demon with the drum changing the direction of the that just kind of what he the lashings reminded me of like where he's like like drumming and the house house changes but the guy stays the same except in this one it's like the opposite the The guy guy is changing directions jumping around everywhere yeah yeah it was i was like oh my gosh okay and yeah so even though he talked about like the shard blade being able to cut through inanimate objects he's like Mm -hmm. but can't cut through stone it's blasphemous with a shard blade well yeah so but the, the blade can cut through stone right but he shouldn't because he doesn't like cutting stone but yeah. he does because he's told or even with stormlight like yeah. and i'm just like okay i don't okay zeth has a lot of religious apprehensions about a lot of things yeah um and then he just starts killing people yep um, then these, yeah, fear spread pop up. They're like little violet blobs. I don't know. But he's like, yeah, I have to be seen to be killing the guards. So, like, they know I'm yeah, coming. He was, he was told to kill and to be seen killing. Yes. Those are his specific orders. And then he uses his super speed from the stormlight to just kind of speed through. Yep, just run through everything. Con- like shift, like <laughs> hold shift down and run. Um, yeah. Then he kind of talks about there's, like, this full lashing where he can bind objects together until the stormlight runs out. You have to just, yep. like, there's That's That's the thing I was talking about, rules. gluing things together. Right, yes, the full lashing. Um, and this lashing just goes by really fast because he has to, like, it just uses up a lot of energy. And things can be, like, sucked toward the lashing, so like a magnet almost like yeah, you can pull someone much. in, like any anything in the air will be sucked towards it, like that isn't already grounded or holding on to something. Yeah. Um. So apparently, shard blades were originally given to knights radiant, according yep. to legend. Yep. Cool. You'll learn the legends. Don't worry. And were given to them by their god to fight void bringers. Yep. So I guess void bringers are. You can His ex- enemy. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you can exchange Voidbringer through in you know any context with almost with the word demon. Oh. For the place that Voidbringers hold in Alethi, Vorin, Shin, like this entire world's mythos and mythology is just take Voidbringer and replace it with demon. You know, you you'll there will be references to oh the, you know, you know, Voidbringers are what, you know, parents tell their children to keep them in bed at night. Oh. 
Yeah. Oh, oof. oh okay. Yeah. So like, it's... you know, say you better sleep all night or the Voidbringer will come and eat your soul. That's the oh, type geez. of thing that it holds in Alethi society. Okay, yeah, you better be good or, yeah, you know. Yeah, the boogeyman. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Alethi boogie, like, of the whole kind of, like, Roshar's, Roshar's boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the Alethi kind of talk about, he says, like, the Alethi talk about their victory over the Voidbringers and how they use these shard blades against common plate people, which is just like, like also an atrocity. Yeah. That's but here terrible. he is also yeah. using one against exactly. Zeth is a whole boatload of contradictions and he's, he's wonderful. Yes. And he's like, there's no blood on the blade. It's just a, like a shard. He says a shard blade is just a tool. It can't be blamed for murders. And I was like, uh, I mean, it's like, it's kind of like the whole thing where it's like guns don't pe- kill people. People, people kill, kill people. people. Yeah. And it's just like, okay. But also this it also means terrible. that he's blaming himself for all these <laughs> kills, which is also That's good, fair. I yeah. suppose. Yeah. After this whole like internal monologue exchange, it's a lot of stuff. This like Royal guard comes out like wearing blue and they have like this great formation. And then like this, He's just like, okay, the king must be somewhere mm-hmm. around here. But he just right. sees the royal guard, and he's like, okay, I gotta get through these people. Mm. And then he sees, like, this big guy in a shard plate with a shard blade that's six foot, six feet long. Yep. He's like, oh, that guy's gonna be tough, but also, like, better opponent. This is, this is so, another, like, st- standpoint here is, you have the shard blade. We have now met the shard plate. Yes. Which is like a supernaturally enhanced set of armor that there is no weak points. There is no, you know, part of the body that isn't covered in some part of this armor. It is a supernaturally strong, the only thing resistant to shard blades. Yeah. Kind of the counterpoint. Yeah. Um, but you have to like hit it in the same place twice yeah, to and make it, it break. Yeah, it cracks yeah. and shatters instead of being cut. So maybe it's like, I, it doesn't... I don't think it really describes how it, like, looks. Like, if it's, like, yeah, it's, gem-like, or if it's just, like... It's almost like... Oh, wait, no, you can almost consider it to later. be, like, dragon scales. Okay. They, it, it is very scaly in appearance, except the scales and the plates have larger sections. Like, where a section can be big, it is big, but then where it has to be small to move, it looks more like scales. Yeah. But it's all the same material. Huh, Okay. So yeah, he's like trying to fight off this guy, and he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go for the the big guy first, cause that's yep. like the biggest enemy." Um, so he's like hitting him, and he's using his stormlight to like heal yep. his himself. Yep, stormlight can heal, and also you you kind of see that even though this guy in big armor is resistant to his attacks, the stormlight and the magic he's wielding make him so much more effective mm-hmm. that he's barely he's not even getting hit by the shard blade. Yeah. Um, and so he's just able to jump and bounce around this guy in big armor. Yeah. (laughs) While he just wails on the armor and making it less and less effective. Yeah. And then he, like, kind of just runs off because he wants to try to find the king. king. And then he's like, wait, this, this, he calls him a shard bearer because he's, like, carrying a shard blade. Um, he's like, wait, he didn't follow me. And he's, like, actually a really good opponent. Why didn't he follow me? And he's like, wait a second. That might actually be the king. And he yep. runs back and he, he's like, yep, it's the king. So he, then he fights the king. He's like, he's a formidable opponent. And 
but nothing <laughs> next to me. Yeah, he's like, I'm still good. So the fighting continues, and they, Zeth goes out onto this balcony and makes himself like seem like he jumped off this balcony, but he like binds himself to the mm-hmm. stone on the side. Yeah. And then he like gets the cane to come out on there. He makes this balcony like fall. Yeah. Which is so, so the cool. the the thing I had a picture here is is Zeth, Zeth got hit really hard, like, oh, just right. punched and kicked. So like he was like wounded yeah. and, and healing, and so he's out on this balcony, and the king's coming out, and you know about to kill him presumably, and Zeth, who has dropped his sword at this point, which means the sword is turned oh, to mist. Yeah. He just makes the balcony really really heavy, and collapses the whole thing. Again, this is kind of the another layer of the stormlight things. Where not only can he affect personal gravity, he can multiply how strong gravity is pulling on an object. Oh, man. And that's what he does to this balcony is he pours more and more and more stormlight into the balcony and makes it so heavy that when the heavy armored shard bearer steps out onto it, the whole thing collapses. Whoa. You know, not even a guy in shard plate can survive a 200 foot drop. And he, like, gets crushed by this thing. Um, And his, like, breastplate, there are, like... Inside are these five gemstones, which are, I'm assuming, why it's called a shard plate is because there's, like, these gemstones that give off this, like, yep. stormlight yep. stuff. Feed, feed, the, feed the stormlight to the, to the armor. Yeah. Um, and then Gavilar's, like, Gavilar Colin? Yep, is Colin. 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 Gavilar Colin. Says, I expected you to come. And as he's just, like on the ground, pierced by this wooden pole. I'm like, how are you getting are you alive? <laughs> How are you alive right now? <laughs> Whatever. It's very dramatic. Um, he's just like, how did I expected you to come? And then the king is like, who sent you? He's like, are, is it was it the uh, thigh, thigh, Thydakar? Thydakar Restar- Restaris. Or the Sadies? Or Sadius. Sadius? Okay, so yep. Thydakar Restari's Sadius. Sadius. And Zeth tells him that it was the Parshendi. And the king is so surprised because this whole treaty was like supposed to be between the Parshendi and the Alethi. And the king does not understand how or why he these people would want to assassinate him. So it's very like... But he already has people that want to kill him. So I was like... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's there's lots yeah. of questions. I mean, he is a king, right? So like you, you have layers of there are lots of people who would want to kill a king, but you don't expect it to be the people who just signed a peace treaty with you, right? Yeah, makes it more even more surprising. Yeah. Um, then Zeth has to wait like ten heartbeats for the blade to like come into his hand. Yep, which I was like interesting. It's a long little bit of <laughs> a while. It's a, it's a, it's a weird. Setup. Yeah, it's like it's heartbeats, like, not seconds. It's like how do you how do you count that? Because it's like you have to really be in tune with your body. Um, and then surprisingly, the king gives this like small crystalline sphere on chain to Zeth and tells him they must not get it, and to tell his brother he must find the most important words a man can say. Um, and this dark sphere could like somehow glow, even though it's like really yeah, it was dark. like darkness that's almost emitting like a like, dark energy and light. Yeah. So like and then Zeth is like, okay, so a dying request is sacred to my people, so I'm gonna 
So he like writes a message on the wood with the king's blood, which yep. I'm like, he's like, he's yeah. like, nah, I'm not gonna like, <laughs> I'm not gonna write anything. Gonna there are guards them. coming. Yeah, I'm not my gonna job t- here is done. I'm I can just... stop killing people so now. He writes this message of like, like brother, find the most important words a man can say. Like, and then he ran off, leaving the shard blade behind yep. it. The sh- the king shard blade yep, behind. Because he has his own already. And that's enough of a curse. Yep. And that's where the chapter ends. And he's like, yep, I don't need another one of those on my plate. I don't know. It's just like, so basically this guy comes and kills this king and then just is like, just mm-hmm. so fed up with everything. He's like, I'm yeah. too powerful to be doing this. I don't want to be doing this. <laughs> Pretty easily does it. Doesn't like the action of this chapter doesn't seem, it's like, not as much of importance as like all the other like little details that mm-hmm. were talked about. I don't know. This chapter is really foundational for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so this isn't this isn't really a spoiler. I'm considered to be a spoiler. The next five books, well, all all five of the first half of these this book series, mm-hmm. the, the the each one will have a prologue, and each one will be a different character surrounding the events mm. of the assassination of King Gavilar. Whoa, that's pretty cool. So there's there's many layers to the onion here that is the assassination of King Gavilar, but you'll find that, you know, the prelude's a pretty big event. It doesn't really kick off the events of the series. Like, it's, it's foundational, yes, but the catalytic point where the spark is lit that ignites the fire that becomes the, the world in Roshar here is the moment that Gavilar is killed. Mm, Obviously, yeah. there's tons of stuff being worked on before that point. Right. But this is the moment where things start to go down. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, that might be a bit of an exaggeration. Because you'll find the next chapter starts five years later. Right. So it keeps, but, like, skipping ahead. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He doesn't skip anymore really after that. Yeah. yeah it's not super. So. Yeah, but I'm like, it was a big jump with 4,500 yeah. years later. and It's just a little jump next. Yeah. Um, do you have any like words that you want to share? Gavilar will be remembered by the Alethi people, and it will also be remembered that it was the Parshendi that said that mm. that killed him, because they, you know, you'll find that, well, it becomes known okay. that the Parshendi are the ones behind the assassination. And that, that really, like I said, it starts the events for the whole setup of the premise of this book series. Okay. So. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to getting more into it. I think a lot of these chapters, I think the next few chapters are kind of, they're still detailed, but more mm-hmm. like action based. And even in like the second chapter, I was kind of like dying. Oh my gosh, it's great. <laughs> um <laughs> Like, we kind of get the wheels turning, and it gets mm-hmm. a little bit faster and yeah. faster. So, um, yeah, join us next time as we'll be going through Chapter 1 of the Stormlight Archives, of the Way of Kings in the Stormlight Archives series. Please follow us wherever you listen to podcasts so you can be notified of when we release an episode. Thank you so much.